G'day guys, welcome back to Survival Worldwide and this week myself and Robin are joined by a very special guest who is also rocking a very special hat. It is <laughs> Harry, the ice cream guy from season four and five of Australian Survivor. Harry, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going great. What about you? Doing well, enjoying the new season. What are your thoughts on the new season so far? Uh, I'm really liking it. Uh, I'm enjoying all the characters. Uh, I'm enjoying that there's definitely fluid gameplay, which is a lot mm -hmm. different to last time. Um, so overall, really, really liking it. It just feels fresh. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It feels pretty good right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to have you on the podcast this week because I, I think you're one of the cast or one, you're one of the former castaways who has a very interesting family member that would have made for fun television <laughs> on Blood Best Water. Uh, and I'm wondering, how, how would you and Oscar play in the game of Survivor together? You know what? I think if Oscar was playing right now, they'd find it pretty difficult to vote him out, to be honest with you. I think they'd have a tough time um, putting yeah. his name down, getting him out, because um, he sort of just like sinks into the background a little bit. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know who I, I would even take if I actually went on a um, blood versus water season. Um, there'd be some people that would really be fighting to go with me, and other people that would probably just say no. Like Jordan would just probably yeah. straight up say no. <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. I mean, it, it takes a special kind of person to brave the conditions of the outback, obviously. And I mean, I think one of the great things about Australian Survivor since the pandemic is the outback location, the new location. What have you thought about yeah. that? Charters Towers oh. this season. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, so I loved last last time that had the scenery. It was that real red rock. It was pretty amazing. And then for this one to go like a little bit different, it's like more bush. You can see the rivers and like the gum trees and stuff like that. I think mm. it has its own flavor, which I really, really like. And it does, even though it's got some more of those like beachy components, it still is distinctly Australian. So I've loved it. I think the challenges have looked beautiful. The sceneries look beautiful. Um, I'm really, really into them actually having a different location each time. I can't wait to see what they plan on doing next. Yeah, that's right. And I think you mentioned there that the challenge has been great this season. And Robin, I'm interested to know, what have you thought about these one-on-one -on -one challenges so far this season? We saw Sandra and Nina battle it out in Simo at sea. It's been so great <laughs> to see. We know I love a challenge beast. And if you're talking about challenges right now, I'm blown away and I've lost my shit. I lost my absolute shit <laughs> when Ben held that log snake all by himself. Hmm. I, has there been anything yeah. as intense as that in it? Like, has anyone been, all I can, all I can remember is Rupert with the, um, the barbell and all that weight. I can't think of yeah. anything as epic as Ben just holding up this whole log snake while that, all, that, all that of the was, team was there. What the hell? That, that was one verse eight. One, mm -hmm. one player being Benny versus eight other tribe members. Just ridiculous Ooh. to see that strength. But I mean, that, that was all just digging deep and, and holding on tight. Um, and Harry, this is an interesting challenge. It hasn't been done on Australian Survivor before, I don't think. Um, Not that I've seen. That Not this iteration. Yeah, look, looking yeah, at that challenge, it seems the, like whoever you... Yeah, they, they, they've, done the, they've done the one with the sandbags above your head but i think the interesting thing about this one is that whenever someone lets go and obviously because only one person can hold on to the log at one time when someone lets go you obviously feel the force of that weight as well um mm -hmm. i feel like it would almost be more difficult than the sandbag challenge because you can't pass on that weight and when someone drops out that then makes it a million times more harder for you yeah i think in itself it, it makes a fantastic challenge particularly if you haven't seen it before um mm. i like that it was a different grip like in the all-star season we sort of had grips onto drums and that sort of thing but it felt very different to that where you would sort of pass handles that sort of thing this was just straight up gripping onto it especially once they hit that second phase where it's literally one hand on just as long as you can go the only strategy i could see was that being on the end was actually an advantage you obviously weren't yeah. taking the full brunt of everyone else's weight as well so if they do it again i think smart teams will just put a strong person on either end but even mm. even that there were still interesting components because you had obviously like you said like people if they drop it you get that force it's not just that you're adding your weight to them like the sandbags it's actually that like real force and if you're gripping it literally forwards like there's a potential for it to just fling out of your hand so i thought it was interesting there's a lot of very subtle components to it and then ben just being a monster just sort of superseded all of that just saying like no nah, there's one verse eight there's no way i should win but i'm just winning anyway 
Yeah, that's right. Who, who other than, uh, obviously, one of your former castaways, unfortunately, went home first last week being mm. Andy. And I, I suppose we'll bring him up now um, because you did compete with him. What were your thoughts on his game uh, on this season? Obviously, it was very hard for him to ingratiate himself in the group. Yeah, I was sad. Um, and, like, to me, like, I've never considered going out day two as being a really big detriment. Mm. But he also didn't play his cards right, I don't think. There's it's, there's sort of like, there's a lot of things where you could say, oh, you can't really control that. And honestly, if you voted out day two, there's a lot you can't control. It's not enough time to really push the social game. Um, it's a lot of whether you go aggressive and just be that leader that gets people out um, or whether you just don't say anything and see if that just keeps the target off your back, um, which is probably the better strategy. I mean, if you just say nothing, it means that no one has a real reason to go after you and you're sort of just rolling the dice that that one in 12 isn't you, um, which is still reasonable odds compared to putting yourself out there. So I think he made a couple of mistakes, yes, but I don't think you can really take it too much away from him. I think it was more Nina just recognising that he had that ability to take the reins away from a few other people and just going after him. So I think it's more a testament to Nina being amazing uh, than Andy being bad. But yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah, and I think I think I think you also need to give credit to Mark for that move as well. And Mark's someone that early in the first episode of this week we saw him beginning to plot against King Khan, who was obviously emerged as this big player. Um, and I want to know from you, Robin, obviously last week you labelled Mark as your potential winner pick going forward Still in the game. Is. What have you thought about him point, pointing the target to Khan at this stage in the game? Is, is it a good move to strike this early? Well, I think I think he's been doing that right from the beginning. I mean, you just talk about Andy and, you know, what he couldn't have... Like, Mark, when you when you go to take the leadership role, you got to... Like, again, I don't have that experience that you have, but in my mind, you have to be able to back it up and when you've got someone who is an SAS bloody commando who literally can do it, and you're trying to outrank someone who's done that as a living, it makes you, in my eyes, look like a weaker leader. Uh, so Mark has done that ability to go, it's on you, mate, you take it. And then he does it again, King Khan, and the, the whole element that he is the king and all this stuff, he's deflecting everything. And he's also, you know, not he's doing really good stuff with uh, the challenges, but he's also not doing amazing with the challenges. He's, he's really managing his threat amazingly. So I, love yeah, I think, yeah, Mark has been doing a great job so far. I mean, such a physical threat and obviously he's going to be kept around for those challenges because I mean, who can deny how big of a force he is in the challenges. We've seen him come against Michael Crocker, who I grew up watching just being an absolute brute in the rugby league arena. Um, and, and Mark's been taking him toe for toe. He's been doing such yeah. a great job so far. Uh, Harry, what have you thought about Mark, especially as a returning player with, you know, only well, three other returning players on the cast being Sam, Sandra and Andy, who's already gone. What have you thought yeah. about how he's handled, handled himself so far, especially against Andy, who obviously pushed himself out there, whereas Mark has kind of, you know, mm. taken a little bit of a backseat approach? Definitely he took things quietly. I think he's slowly pushing himself a little bit up, which can be dangerous, but also means that you're getting ahead of the game a little bit. Mm. Um, so I think there's pros and cons to what Mark's doing. He's definitely put himself out there as a potential winner already because he's making the steps to keep all his people in. Um, and he's also making the steps to really, uh, like you said, Robin, he's deflecting that thing. I don't think it's good to immediately get Khan out. But I think it's an amazing idea to be like, look, this guy's dangerous. This guy, like, we need to focus on this, especially if you have someone that's got an idol and you know that they can keep themselves around a bit longer, then you've got this long-term threat. And if Khan successfully plays an idol, that just makes him an even bigger threat. And then mm -hmm. you can get rid of him down the road. So ultimately, if I was targeting Khan, that would be the perfect scenario for me is he stays a threat and everyone thinks he's a threat, but he stays a little while longer, enough for you to just not have that attention on yourself. Um, so, so from that regard... keep him as a shield? Yeah, I, I would say, like, all that work he's doing to make Khan seem dangerous is fantastic if you keep him for a while. Because as soon as Khan leaves, if you get rid of him straight away, then there's a power vacuum and someone is... They're looking for someone else to target, mm. basically. Um, and it doesn't seem to be like last season. Like this season, people are definitely looking for the leaders or they're looking for the big groups and seeing if they can just 
rip that apart straight away because it's a different dynamic. I mean, if you've got bloodless water and you can get your loved one into jury, that means you automatically have a vote. And then assuming that you have like one person next to you and they have one person next to them, then you've got like three jury votes straight away just by having one ally on your tribe. So it's a very different dynamic. It's more, it should be more old school where you just mm -hmm. get rid of any enemies. You sort of plot away at that and then get yourself to the end as sort of like a secondary thing. Like it's a lot more about getting all your people to jury than ever before. Yeah, and I think um, one, one of the dangerous things about this season and, and Australian Survivor as a whole, we saw emerging as a, as a big social threat on that blood tribe. Um, and I, I suppose Sandra and the blood tribe learned the hard way that you got to expect the unexpected in Australian Survivor because we had a major twist at their tribal council um, earlier <laughs> Rob, in the week. Robin's getting Rob, Robin doesn't seem too happy about it. Um, Robin, look, what do you think about the twist? I, I, I must say I'm not a fan either, but I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Robin. You seem very passionate about it. I'm too passionate about everything. It's not that I'm not a fan of the twist. It's just, we're, what what is this season seven of the new rendition of Australian Survivor? Those, yes. We're at season seven, yeah? When, and I know Sandra, probably she's watched, but I just... Please, Harry, can you help me out here? Because when I watch from home, I sit there and go, as soon as JLP says, hey, guys, and they're going to watch Tribal, something is up. And you've got to plan for that something. And nobody, nobody ever plans for the, the that potential of a, we have, what, two? Two non-elimination or non-vote outs? No one plans for it. It bothers me. It bothers me a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'd be a hypocrite to really, like, lay the boot in because I'm guilty of doing that saying that in my scenario i was more worried about what came after because it would mean as soon as i lost any of not those numbers then they'll be able to split the votes on us which they did in my mm -hmm. season um but you're right like in australian survivor as soon as someone's watching you should know that there's something up you should probably go the safe route and yeah. just keep it chill and especially if you have repercussions which in this season you do like even even straight away they haven't swapped yet you have repercussions for everything you do um well, so the right thing to do was just to get rid of dave but that's also boring tv and they picked the most yeah. volatile person in the entire game yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, the one person that would literally just blow everything up so it's fantastic tv um yes i, I think i'm gonna keep if we are gonna do any production judgment I'm, I'm only going to do a very short thing. Um, whether you oh, want look, me to do I that like now it. or... You go, you go, do it. Yeah, let's, go get some, it. let's get some, right, let's get some juicy, is, short goss. This is, no, this is going to be my only whinge, um, is that I think that anything that takes away choice or decisions from the players is a bad move by production. Mm -hmm. I think all you would have to do is you make that non-elimination a choice um, and you basically just put a little caveat in there that it's forced to happen if they don't do it so it's like day two put out an advantage that says at any point instead of like it being an idol you play it before the votes and whoever gets voted out goes to the other tribe and then you all like all of a sudden you have a choice to it you can do it on yourself you can do it to someone else maybe you want to like wreck things over at the other tribe by sending a particular person there I don't know, but you've got choices. You could even send it over to your loved one, get them to come to your tribe if you feel like mm -hmm. it's safe for you to be there as a duo. And then you just put the caveat in it and saying, like, if this is not played, it's automatically going to happen at the fifth tribe or something like that. So at least every single thing is a choice. And, like, that to me as well should be in a whole lot of other things. You've got a blood versus water season. You've got emotional connections going across the tribes. You need more choices. Like, for example, the... They had the reward where it was like cheese and crackers and all that sort of stuff, charcuterie board, yep. whatever you want to call it. They all go over. Instead of that, why not make it a choice where anyone that won the reward can give it up for any one other person to then go and have the reward? And then all of a sudden you've got all these emotional things, someone sacrificing their moment for someone else to have a loved one thing, and you have all these good choices that can then impact the game in a social way. Um, and it's a way that you can actually show social game on television, which is difficult to do. Very often they won't be able to show it because it's just, it's too difficult to show the relationships that people have. Um, so I feel like everything in production 
you should give choices to the players. Obviously, you can't do that for every single thing, but any opportunity where you can do it without wrecking the game, you should make it a choice, not a black and white thing. And that's my only wish. I think that's. I, I, I like it. I, I think that's. <laughs> point. I think that's a great point. And no, I I I always thought with this season. Uh, as much as people like to hate on it, a Redemption Island sort of factor would have been good, especially to add to those extra episodes as well, because um, it does give you two extra vote outs, which <laughs> would more or less negate the need for non-elimination episodes. Um, and with that, you also have the opportunity for, you know, say, say Brianna's voted out. Um, the only yeah, reason David is there is for Brianna. Um, David can give up his spot in the game, go to Redemption Island, and then mm -hmm. Brianna goes in. Or if, let's say, Sam gets voted out, Mark can then go to Redemption Island, try to fight his way back Aussie style. Mm -hmm. um, like it, choice. It, does give, it, it does give more choice, more decisions in the game. Um, although, yeah, I, I didn't hold out hope for, for that happening. Robin, <laughs> you can have a whinge now. G give us a whinge about um, your thoughts on the non-elimination <laughs> twist. Oh, look, you know what? The, the non-elimination, I get it. It's part of the Australian Survivor and it's there. You know, And when we talk about it, we learnt from the first bring back we our winner from season one was because of the non-elimination phoebe would have destroyed her mm -hmm. in that moment but she got saved it's part of the game you know what i don't think it ruins the game as much as say let's make you say three phrases at the at the immunity challenge to see if you've mm -hmm. got an idol so it can be activated and forcing uh, when you talk about choice uh us survivor is now forcing certain moments upon a game because yes they make great television but you know they make so much better television when the players just do it on their own so yeah. i'm not i'm not actually one against the i get it it's part of it i understand the format i understand like you know some people will complain that there's so much australian survivor that we got three nights it's so much to keep up with i don't that's what we do that's that's all our reality tv shows <laughs> you know so i don't mind it it's just what i mind is we are now at a point where we have players who should who should be playing paying attention to that when something's fishy cool i've got to i got to backpedal a bit and not screw my own game and i i would i personally i know it was probably going to be boring but i personally would love to see a player going hang on a second uh 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 you're not pulling the wool over my eyes yeah no, i think i think they were certainly skeptical of of the tribal council i mean we saw with amy and sandra they they discussed it and said well look we, we've got to be really quiet here not reveal too much I think Sam said to David, David, if you've got anything to say, say it right right here, right now. Um, but, you know, just remaining cautious. Um, but, yeah, I think it is important to, to to weigh that balance between your loved ones and and consider what's what's going on. Um, I think it's always become a bit of a trend, which I've noticed, is that um, it's always on the Sunday night episode where you have a big non-elimination twist or, or or something being thrown into the game. Um, so I feel like every three, every three vote-outs, I suppose, every three tribals, um, there might be a consideration to think about it. Uh, I'm not sure if, Harry, that's someone you actively thought about in the game. Maybe it was a bit too early on to pick up on the trends. Um, um, but it, it's certainly something that's become... It, it's become a common thread across these last, let's say, four or five seasons at least. Yeah, um, we definitely... Me and Baden definitely saw it coming in our first season. Um, so we sort of saw that there was too many days and not yep. enough people and we we're just like okay like there's there's a non-elimination coming they won't do it during like the final five so it's it's coming very soon um and we pretty much knew it would happen in like the next couple of tribals um when it started coming thinking maybe it's a redemption island maybe it's something else um and we kind of started seeing if we could play into that um so we actually made our alliance with luke and abby pretty early um it was at I think final eight or something like that um but it didn't play out until we actually got rid of janine fully after um mm. redemption um, we just tried to like ride that wave and make it look like there was no flipping involved as long as we could the the choice to get rid of sophie uh, at this stage of the game obviously sandra is the one that that led the charge on this vote um, mm. do, do we think it was the right decision to get rid of Sophie, knowing now that she is on the um, on the other tribe with, with KJ? Or was it the best option to get rid of someone like David? David is someone who didn't have any relationships on the other tribe. Um, do, do we think Sophie was the right, the right person to choose in, in this point in the game? Well, are we assuming... If you're assuming that they're going to get voted out, then yes, I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, I think if it's a regular season and you don't have all these connections, then it kind of 
matters a little bit less. Like it's like whatever. But every single person, like if you can break up their duo, they become an open jury vote. So I would get rid of a bunch of them, try to keep your own ones to jury because you're just really benefiting yourself. Um, so Sandra going after someone that was in the middle of that group and also not really heavily affecting their challenge ability. Um, hi, Jenny Kay. <laughs> um, if, yeah, if you're not negatively affecting um, the challenge ability, like go after that, break it up because then all of a sudden you've got more time with them. And the next day she immediately gravitated towards the people who were on the bottom and it paid dividends mm. again because they wanted to flip back. So yeah, she's she's done the right thing. I don't know if it's too aggressive to start with because these are the sorts of things I would start more and more in the mid game if it's a normal season, but um, she's making it work. She's getting rid of people. If Sophie had a gone home, she's immediately got KJ as um, someone on the other side that is just an independent voter now. Yeah, I think you mentioned there that you'd make with those moves mid-game. I think what we've seen since All-Stars is people are playing a lot more aggressive earlier on in the game. And what we had prior where, you know, Pierre won in your season, um, Shane Gould won in Champions First Contenders, Christy won 2016. These players that, you know, didn't emerge until the late game. Um, what we've seen more recently is obviously David and Haley emerging very early, making big moves in the pre-merge. I almost think the the evolution of strategy within Australian Survivor has shifted where a lot of players are playing very heavy, very early. I'm not sure if that's because they want to be like a King George and be on TV early on, mm. become this big name, um, or if it's just because, you know, everyone is wanting to play aggressive and wanting to, you know, make big moves um, now, that the, now that the game is shortened by, what, seven days from what it initially was back in the day. Um, mm. it, it does seem like people are playing very aggressive very early on. Um, uh, Robin, would you play this aggressive early on or would you sit back? What, what, where would you stand? I mean, because Sandra seems to be sitting back in the moment. Well, yeah, see, I, like, I feel like I'd, I'd line up with Harry here. The, the aggressive play works more for a shorter season like America, but we, mm. we're here for too long. Um, that said, with Sandra playing such short seasons her whole time, she knows it's a long slog, but she just, I think she has no other choice, to be honest, with, with who she is. She has yeah. to to do something and she has to keep, I think what she's kind of doing is keeping everybody on their toes. These people are breaking up. We don't want that to happen. And then the people who are actually relatively new and don't know the game or haven't watched many seasons, they will listen to her and sure, oh my God, there's four of them together. Let's break them up. Sophie's the head. Cool. And that goes that way. And then now we do the other thing. Someone who was with her was Amy in that vote. All of a sudden, Amy's teeing up with Dave and Jay, three people. Mm. We, but meanwhile, Sandra, uh, is it Mel? Is it Mel there? Or who's a... Yes. So the uh, Mel, Mel Michelle. Michelle. No, Sandra, Mich Michelle, Mel sorry. Michelle. Michelle, Michelle is on it's Sandra's Michelle. tribe. Michelle is on Sandra's. Cool. So, it's, so it's Sandra, Michelle, and Sam, really. They are floating around as a three. But Sandra is this loose pin that then goes in and takes in the boys, takes in the mm. alphas, which she mentioned early on she wanted the alphas. I think she, I think she has to keep the game... Uh, the ball's just juggling and make sure people don't sit down and stop thinking, hang on a second, we really need to stop listening to Sandra. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, th I think the real thing that just showed how experienced she is as well is that she went immediately to the people that had been, like, wronged or blindsided yeah. or however you want to call it. Like, is that is key. Like, if you have a place of either, that's what you should be doing. You blindside them and then all of their friends, you go straight to them. You see if you can mend it a little bit so that if you need them for anything, they're there and they don't just think you're just coming up to them because you need something. Like, if you do it immediately, then they feel like, oh, okay, like, they still like me. Maybe they just didn't like the other person. Like, so mm. it's fine. And she's, like, literally, like, giving them advice the next day. She's mm. like, you should do this. Like, if you want to win, like, you should do this. And, like, that's fantastic gameplay. I think, like, to be honest as well, I think for right now, depending on what people are with her, like, she has a little bit of a shield because it's like, if I was with her, I wouldn't want to get rid of her yet because um, it's the same deal as, like, Mark and Khan. Like, you don't really want to get rid of them yet. They're like a get-out-of-jail-free card. You get to, I don't know, 11, 10, and you're just, like, you're feeling a little bit of heat. People are coming for you. You're just like, hey, look, it's Sandra. She's won mm -hmm. twice. Yeah. She's an amazing player. Yeah. Like, maybe let's get rid of her now. And she's not going to be able to defend herself unless she has an idol. She won't win the challenges, not against some of these players. No, no mm. not an Australian challenge either. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you, you meant the Australian challenges, they, they really have, as we mentioned earlier, been a cut above. Um, and what we saw in, I think it was episode five, um, we got the Sumo at Sea challenge again, a, a great challenge, which, which you've seen many times in US Survivor, that iconic moment, Harry, I hope you remember, heroes versus villains, Rupert and coach going at it. Um, <laughs> coach getting in trouble for karate chopping against Rupert, um, the, the old pirate. Um, I, I think it's, uh, as I said before, it being a blood versus water season, a JLP is getting so excited when he's seeing people like Josh and Jordan going against each other or or Jesse and it's Jesse and Jordy, right? Uh, there's too many J names on this season. Um, it, it, it's so great to see, you know, Nina and Sandra come up against each other, all these one-on-one matchups um, going at each other. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's what it's, it's what's at stake. You have to have to grapple with the idea of voting out your mom or, you know, bringing them along playing nice. It's a, it, it's a hard balancing act to show. Um, and that aggressiveness in these challenges, it's been so entertaining so far. Yeah. I would feel weird to be honest, like, fighting like actually wrestling your mom or your daughter like yeah i, I would feel weird i think because it's like you've got all that aggression you've got like when you go out and do these challenges because like literally in all my time there's only ever been one challenge where they actually let you have like a little go first and that's because mm -hmm. it was so hard it was so difficult um so all the other challenges you have no idea how to really do it properly until you get on there and you're so g'd up so like to have that feeling and then be like, all right, now fight your mom. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Like it'd be a bit different, like playing with them or voting them out. But because Australia, they're like, now fight each other or like do this aggressive thing. Like, Battle to the death. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Like I, I like the Australian Survivor is really difficult, but yeah, it sets a weird dynamic here. Let, let's say that your loved one was Grayson Waller from WWE. <laughs> um, how, how, how would you go against him? Would you just give up? You Depen are, you depends, on, depends on which challenge. Um, yeah, I've, I've, rest I've wrestled against him in Sydney. Um, but saying that now, he's put on a good 15 kilos, I think. So he'd be in mighty shape. Like, I don't think I'd have the weight advantage on him anymore. Um, so at this point, I think he'd, I think he'd beat me up to be honest. Like he's, he's got a lot of training under his belt in, in real fighting. And, um, I think, yeah, I think he'd kick my ass to be honest with you. Might, might have to leave it to Mark. Even Mark would be embarrassed by that. Mark and Croc will get smashed as well. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. He's, yeah. He, Do he's doing a great job. I must say. Do you guys know Sorry? how heavy they are? I have no idea how big they are, but they look massive. They like, look they, Michael, they they Michael like Crocker back in the day. Um, I would say he was 90 kilos when he was playing. Um, so I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's up to a hundred. Um, but his Mark as well is massive. Mark is pure muscle though. He's, um, he, he yeah. is just built out of, built out of uh, stone. Yeah. I look at some of these dudes and like, I don't know if you guys saw the, the drop for the, um, American survivor today, but like, yeah. I looked at that yeah. and I, like my first thought was like, if they played Australian survivor, people like Mark would kill them. Yeah, like, like, we'd have so many on? medical emergencies it's it's such a different beast now like it is completely different beast and it's very impressive to see some of these people like obviously sandra and nina stand out as like people that are adapting to it and i think maybe we'll see that in future people just really adapting as we get a sort of like history to our game mm. yeah I, I mean that i suppose that brings Brings us to a segue where I wanted to ask you this later on, but I'll ask it right now. Um, Sandra playing on this season of Blood vs. Water, if there was one US survivor other than Russell or Sandra that you were to play against, who would you want to play against? And let, let's not pick let's not pick Nick Wilson. Let's leave him aside <laughs> and then see, see what else we've got. Oh, I don't know, because it's like, are, are you saying that I get to team up with them or are they going to be the person you, you, you that can, I wrestle? You can team up with the them or, or vote them out, whatever you want to do. It's... Like, who do you want to wrestle? You just like, get, you just get one, one player across the map. If it's like who I want to wrestle, I'm just going to pick someone like David or something like that, someone small that I can beat up. If it's someone to play with, I don't know. There's a lot of people that I find fun. I think that would be the only thing I care about. To be mm. honest, like my bucket list for Survivor is pretty small now. So it would more just be who am I going to have the most fun with? Um, so you've got your obvious ones like Tony, but then if you, you look a little bit harder, I think personally I would get on with Ben um, yep. very, very well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw his name out there. There's a couple of the 
um, women as well. Um, Sarah Lucena, I think I would get on with really well. Um, I don't know who else would play. Uh, Andrea, all, all the winners, all, all the targets. Yeah. Well, I don't, but lots of them are very sociable and very fun. So yeah. I think they'd have good yeah. stories. That's, that's all I really care about is who am I going to have a good time with? Yeah, I, I think one, one person that certainly got a lot of love in episode five, at least, was Ben. We we did discuss this earlier. Him single-handedly winning the challenge, quite literally single-handedly winning the challenge for the Blood Tribe there. Um, really just a miraculous effort. And it, it did take water to Tribal Council yet again. Um, and Sophie appeared to be the one who was really, um, really on the target right there. She was on the chopping block, ready to be voted out. Um, obviously, we had that mixture there of Alex also being injured as well. Um, from your point of view, though, guys, obviously, Sophie being voted to the other tribe, she has bad blood with the other tribe. Uh, again, we, we mentioned this before. Do we want to get rid of Sophie this early compared to someone like David? Do we want to get rid of Sophie now, knowing that she could come after our loved ones, could build something against her? And also, as well, having a relationship with KJ, was it the right to point the target towards her? 100%. 100%. Like, there, there is no other better option. Like, all right, she's already been voted out. So yep. you know that at least the majority don't care about her on the other side. KJ has already expressed that she's worried about Sophie impacting mm -hmm. her game. Uh, so she might not be that against it because it's going to benefit her potentially. And everyone will be like, no, listen, like, you're, you're with us. Like, you're one of us. And you can immediately do that. Three, you're... Like, like I said, you're creating that individual voter and you have the drop on the other team because this is now an individual voter that's been with you. She hasn't mm. met any of them. Like she hasn't met a single, like obviously excluding like a few of the family things. She hasn't met yeah. a whole lot of other people. And this is the sort of stuff where it gets back to that old school dynamic. Like you've got people in All-Stars in my season where it's like I didn't meet them until 30 days in and because my tribe was the one that was always losing people i had less and less people going into that final part of the game and people like david people like sean they've set themselves up with a majority that they've played with so sean had like a huge amount of people that she'd played with like you got social mm. connections everywhere um david obviously spent a whole month a whole month with people that i don't have so yeah. the same thing can happen here. If you get a good tribe swap, you can have all this time with an individual, get them on your side. Like I said, if you can protect your loved one, that's an automatic vote as well. So if I'm that blue tribe, I'm getting rid of Sophie and then immediately being best friends with KJ because she's yeah. a free vote. Yeah, no, and that's it, it has been a trend whereby the pairs have basically been going home one by one by one, um, you know, in pairs, which is something we haven't really seen in prior seasons in the US, season 27 and 29. Um, Alex obviously goes home in episode five due to his back spasm injury. Um, I must say, though, to Alex's credit, he really pitched in. He dug deep in that mm. immunity challenge. Um, I think it was him and Sophie that were the last ones standing, and then Sophie dropped out after Alex dropped out. Um, he really did a great job. Ruben, what, what are your thoughts on Alex? And just the, the amount of effort he put in, obviously, carrying that back spasm since... I think it was Ooh. since the first immunity challenge, like day I believe. One or something. Um, it was like, yeah, day, day one, one. yeah. It, it was very early on in the game. He carried it all the way through. Um, there, such, such courageous effort there. There isn't a very embarrassing video of me on the internet crying my eyes out in season, the new season, season one, when we that first guy quit because I was so upset yeah, that, that he took yeah. my spot because <laughs> I, I, got, I got close that season and then I'm like, it quit. And I wasn't sure if we were going to get another season. So I get really upset with quitters. I do. Hmm. However, man, he tried. I have no yeah. that he he put his he tried and he did the best he could do. And you know what? That I mean that log challenge, he wasn't the first out. He put in man, he he did so well and he went as far as his body could take him and you know, if you have a like I can turn my head properly this way and I'm I'm I want to cry as it is. I I wouldn't survive with a back spasm. So he hmm. he did amazing. So I don't really have any problem there. Um I do, I do not know if I totally agree with getting rid of Sophie straight away there, though. I feel like she, even though her, her sister's there, Sophie is like an Abby Marie. She's a bit of a wild card, and she can kill her game in seconds. So I feel like sometimes that's also a shield as well, that maybe you can 
when someone's so like when people want to get someone out so so much then there's room to move and do other there's there's potential move to room to create something else so i think i would have kept sophie a little bit longer i mean she's here so yeah, I, I think it's it, it's predicament though because obviously Sophie is the biggest target. Um, but then I, I think as, I think the plan was going into tribal council, put the votes on Khan and also split them with Sophie. No, I think it was Khan Shay split with Sophie in the minority, I believe, forced mm. Khan and Shay to play their idols. No, I think that's the way. Um, I think that's the way to go. I, I do want to welcome Harry Wiggins into the chat as well. Um, Harry Hills, yeah, Harry. Harry Harry wins from Survivors South Africa season four male dives. A great friend of the podcast as well. So welcome in, in. Harry. Yeah. Uh, Flint Masters here is a big fan of Harry the Ice Cream Guy. Um, big Buff Guy 95 has said, Sandra is a great shield who can't win individual challenges. She's also a loyal alliance member as long as you don't give her a reason to distrust you. I would work with her as long as possible. And Harry, I take it you would also work with Sandra, given the chance. I mean, purely for the entertainment factor, right? You've got to do it as a massive fan of the show. Um, Yeah, I think... Sandra is an interesting one where she seems to change her mind about things and she has her own decision process and you can't really influence that. I think it's very difficult for people to actually influence her thought process. I think we've seen it happen like once with Denise yeah. uh, actually influencing her and then other than that, it's like Sandra decides what Sandra wants to do. Um, so so in that way... She's dangerous because you yeah. don't quite know. But if, I mean, if you're on side with her and you just treat it like a very logical thing, you're just like, hey, um, like, this is just going to be a straight up logical thing, no emotion. You could probably stay in the good books. Yeah, I think she she's a good shield to have alongside you. Yeah, as you say, I mean, we saw with Amy in this last episode as well, um, which we'll discuss now, I suppose, Amy finding the idol. Um, and then Michelle coming to Sandra. Obviously, Sandra is really the nucleus of information. That's what you want in the game. It's position. It's the position you want in the game is for everyone to become with you, uh, with information toward you. Um, Sandra and Amy obviously worked on that Sophie vote together. Sandra let Amy take all the heat for that and, and tell everyone to take the heat off herself. Um, and then in the next episode, she's stabbing Amy in the back just to get rid of that idol. Uh, I think it does show that Sandra is a ruthless player. She's willing to make moves when she when she wants. And what we've seen with her, and I would say it's the same with this Michelle move, while she, while Sandra did bring in the likes of Croc and um, uh, and the other alpha males, she did let Michelle take a lot of the heat, I think, for that vote because Michelle was ultimately the one that really spilled the beans on where the idol was. And I think Sandra's playing a good job in keeping the target away from herself by shifting on to others and, you know, saying the plan is someone else's plan at this point. Mm. I wouldn't say Rowan. she's loyal. I'd never say she's loyal um, for someone um, in, in in Pearl Islands. She was very loyal to Rupert. She definitely was. But since then, I would call like when someone's plan is as long as it isn't me, there's no way I would call her loyal. However, I feel like I would love to work with her because within that, Sandra does what Sandra does best, like you said, Harry. And I feel like if you've watched if you if you have watched enough, I feel like that's that's workable for for to ride, I, I'd ride that coattail pretty far until I'm ready to cut her off, I mm. think. Yeah, you just have to be very careful about oh. exactly oh, when yeah. you do it. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, if you give a whiff of it, like, she's, yeah, oh, she's, she's not going to be, yeah. she's not going to be keen on that. No. Rowan, yeah. can yeah, I ask you a question? Yeah. What you do can. you have in your hands? Rubik's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll put it away. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were Rubik's Cube man yourself? At least you solved it. Yeah, or did you look, already okay, have it solved? Okay, so so here's the thing. I've been working on this for around five years. I was able yeah. to get the top these two layers and two pieces away. And literally last week I said, you know what? I can't do it. I'm going to learn from YouTube how to do the top layer. Hmm. I'll be honest, I cheated. I got most of the way by myself, but I needed a little help, and that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You, but like, I, it is just a scientific thing, isn't it? Like, it's just like a process, like a very yeah. specific set. Of, there are ways that, like, some people do it in like, you, if no matter what you do, and you don't look at it, you can complete it. I don't do it that way. I still have to look at where things need to be moved. I like it that. I like it more like a puzzle. 
I think. Mm. So I see it, I'm like, oh, I got to move this here and that there. Whereas there is a, there is a pattern that you just yeah, do and you it. Just, you, you just go like that and it's like, yeah, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> one one thing that has been lacking from this season is actually the the puzzles. Now now that we're on the topic of Rubik's cubes and, and puzzles, every season, um, every Australian we, we've season, we've really all we've seen in terms of puzzles this year has just been spelling out blood and water, um, which is what we saw in in episode four, I think. Um, you know, it, it's a bit disappointing to me. I mean, I, I'm a big puzzle guy. That would be my strength in the challenge is be completing all those puzzles, the word puzzles especially. Um, it, it'd be really nice to see. While, while I love the physical element, these matchups, one versus one, blood versus water, I, I would really love to see more, more, um, more unique word puzzles that aren't just spelling out blood and water. Um, you know, more puzzles at this stage in the game, especially when it's early on in the game, I feel like you can have that obstacle course and then finish with the, cha- uh, with the puzzle challenge. I know it's frowned upon in the US, um, but I, I feel like it's something we don't see too much in Australian Survivor. Um, I, I really feel like that, that puzzle element is missing from this season. What are your thoughts on that, Harry? Uh, you're a puzzle guy, right? Uh, no, I'm actually not. <laughs> people, people all of that. Like, I have to solve a misconception. People think that snakes or cockroaches or whatever you want to call it um, are all going to be puzzle people. And it's like, we are not. Like, I'm not a puzzle person at all. Like, people are like, oh, like, he talks lots and he's, like, sneaky, so he must be good at puzzles. Like, doing all the sneaking stuff is to cheat so I don't have to work very yeah. hard at the real stuff. Um, so, no, I'm actually not a puzzle guy. I went into both games. I went into the first game weighing about 105 kilos and was there to, like, wrestle people and hold up stuff. So I was very okay with all that coming up. Um, saying that, puzzles are fun, and, like, I do think it's fair to include them in, in most rounds. Um, I think that... The one of them was really interesting because it seemed more like dexterity, uh, like the one that was like over their heads, like because that actually takes like yeah. teamwork to build it. Yeah. So that was the really arch. cool. Like that was cool. Yeah, that was like less of a puzzle, more of like yeah dexterity exercise, which yeah. I think there, is there cool. was a seesaw think, as well. Yeah. Um. So it's like you've got some cool things. I think that straight up puzzles need to be in there as well because like you've mm. got all these different things and you've got people being given an opportunity to be smart in like a street savvy way. And that, that's sort of more me. Like if you can find a way to like cheat at something, basically, like there should be things that give you that opportunity. Um, when we were playing Survivor, like if you don't get called out on something, like you just keep doing it. Like if you cheat yeah. and like they don't call you out, like then it's fine. Like you just keep going. And like I've seen that countless times. We've seen when I was on a bench, I think I remember – Abby losing a shit because the other team was cheating. And I was just like, well, like if they're not getting called out on it, like then they could do whatever they want. Like, so like, yes, pretty much once you go out there, you should always cheat at every challenge. <laughs> like you should break all the rules. They'll yell at you and they'll yell at you to stop. And then you have to stop. Otherwise they'll punish you. Um, but like, until they do that, just keep cheating, always cheat at everything. Like, even if you're the good guy, because they, like, it won't matter. Like, winning matters, not people yelling at you or telling you off. Well, I feel that recent South African season, Chappies was done quite a bit for his cheating. Mm. Um, yeah, just, oh, man, always just, you should do it. Unless you get any advantage by the people, do it. You should yeah. always, like, take any advantage you can get. That said, though, over the course of these Australian seasons, I feel like, you see the Aussies really try and find the advantage or find the quickest way to do a challenge. Like, you know, there was, there's been that classic challenge with the poles and you have to put the poles and step across. And then I don't know which Australian season it was. It might've been one of yours, but people just carry the whole one pole. They didn't use any of the other poles, just sit Uh, on it and carry it across. Yeah. It was like, we've been breaking challenges and even um, Sam and Shay, when they had to go head to head for the rugby ball, they just went around, around, just went around the, yeah, so there's there's yeah. there are little advantages, little cheats that you can, you know. Yeah, but I think that's cool. I think that you like players being smart should be rewarded, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be just down the line smarts. Like it should be if they can find a way to break your challenge, then good on them. Like yeah. well done to them for um, sort of doing it. And we've seen it in American Survivor as well. People are like, oh yeah, memorize this puzzle. And it's like, mm. okay, well, well done. Like you put the effort in and like, if you've done that, then 
that's part of it because everything is still a double-edged sword. Everything is always a double-edged sword. If you cheat in Survivor, some people are not going to like it. Other people will like it. If you memorize a puzzle and do it in four seconds and then tell everyone that you did that, then people are going to target you. Um, So everything is all gravy with me when it comes to that because it's like it's always a double-edged sword anyway and just makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think... um... Look, this this most recent episode's reward challenge, it was very brutal, obviously, once again, players tackling other other castaways. Um, we've got that matchup between Croc and Mark, I think it was, the, the, the two heavyweights, all just for a sandwich, as as Jonathan yeah. said. Um, and I, so I, I, want, I want to know from you, Harry, is is it really worth it putting your body on the line, all this exertion, all for a sandwich? On day seven. Um. Day 17. No, not really. Oh, 17. Sorry, sorry, um, I exaggerate a little. Like, like I said, sometimes you get G'd up and you really just want to go for it. And sometimes in that, I would I would have the mindset where I'm just G'd up. And other days, I would have the mindset where I'm like, I don't really care. Like, especially like for rewards, it was always like that. Like, I remember in All Stars, there was one where it was like for coffee or something like that. And I was like, I don't really care. Like, if they let us just stay back at camp, I probably would have like just mm. hung out instead. Um, but then saying that, that was one of my favorite nights ever um, because everyone got super hyperactive. And I don't think they showed it. I don't remember if they showed it. Um, we all got super hyperactive and it was like one of the moons where all the crabs come in. So they were like all like nipping at people's feet and they're like big crabs yeah. when they actually, they follow the moon for something and they're like massive crabs like that. Everyone's hyperactive trying to like murder them in the dark. And that was like the best night ever. Um so I guess in a way, like, you don't really know what to expect. Like, I've gone into tons of things where I just didn't care about rewards, but maybe maybe you feel something after. So maybe it was like that for this with, with the sandwiches. Maybe it's a bonding experience. I don't know. Yeah, what what about an ice cream reward? Um, it's a, would that be worth it? <laughs> well, I want I mean, one. Harry, Harry Flint actually... Uh, asking, what, what's your go-to ice cream? It's actually go-to? gelati. Harry, it's a truth bomb. I'm going to break it now. Harry's go-to is gelati. What? No. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what, dude? What's the truth, Bob? I'm here. I can, I can count out your facts immediately. Okay, no, yeah, it's not. Um, but I, I don't hate gelato, though. Gelato is fine. Um, I actually had good gelato last night. All right, go-to, go-to that, like, would be anything is vanilla or mint choc chip, like, as in yep. you just can get it everywhere. Um, mint choc chip, especially, if it's done well, is insanely good um and then favorite flavor of all time is chai latte which you can't okay. get everywhere but if it's done Whoa. well chai latte is like the best flavor ever any tea or coffee flavors if they do them properly by default like it's already a milky thing like they're all amazing so if you can ever try like thai tea ice cream or chai or any tea variety is always going to be good now that that's uh, have you been bomb. experimenting that's with any new any new flavors you've been experimenting with lately? Uh, not at the moment. Um, the big thing in Perth is oat milk ice cream, which cool yep. is the only one that's doing right now. Um, okay. But and that was that was one of my ideas. <laughs> um, so oat milk oat milk ice cream is fantastic. Um, what other ideas? I don't have any I want to blast out on public <laughs> public internet right now. I want to save them for myself. Um, but yeah. no, if, if you're in another state and you want an idea to make your ice cream shop go well, just use coffee or tea and just yeah. blast the flavor, like especially gelato, just pack it in like because everyone wants more sugar, more flavor. Wait, there a tea-flavored gelato? I'm going to rage quit this stream. This is ridiculous. Tea? Tea-flavored as in like, gelato. Yeah, any tea. Like you can ah, go black tea, you can get go no, green. No, not listen, no, uh, not listening to it. As if you haven't seen matcha ice cream before. I have, but I don't drink tea. So okay, you should try. And you're tea ruining ice cream. gelato. You're ruining gelato if you make. Right, it what's tea what's the best? What's lemon. The best lemon. Lemon. That's lemon. a sorbet. That's not a gelato. Your lemon's a passion fruit. It's <laughs> a sorbet. God, get out of it! I don't know my gelatos and ice creams and sorbets. They're all the same thing. They're all cold, right? They're all cold. <laughs> they all taste cold. good. Uh, I think that, I think that's all that matters. <laughs> they, they all taste good. That's um, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have this discussion with um, with Sandra and, and see what she thought about this. I'm sure she'd have ice cream wars. We saw her have 
Sugar Wars in the past. Um, mm. I, I, we, we did mention before, obviously, Amy finding an idol, Michelle telling Sandra about that. Um, Sandra really making great moves uh, early on in this game, pinning the votes on Amy, as we, as we discussed before, discussing with Croc and the Alpha Male was a plan to flush out that idol, um, creating those good relationships, splitting the vote, though, between Jay and Amy, putting the majority of votes on Jay um, and only three on Amy. Harry, I'm interested to know, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Robin and I had a discussion about this pre-stream, and I was starting to think, well, Khan being one of the bigger players, everyone knows he has an idol, because I think David actually dobbed uh, Khan in about having an idol. Um, I, I think it was probably a better idea to get rid of Jay over someone like an Amy, just in case she doesn't play her idol. It could cause, you know, re bad repercussions. Do you think it was the good idea to put the votes on Jay, or what, what would you have done there? Um, I don't know. To be honest, like, it, it really depends on the social dynamics and whether, like, which person you think you can pull in easier. So it's not an easy call um, because, I mean, if everything goes to plan and you've got seven people, then you're kind of just winning either way. Like, they've got three, you've got seven. You can flip it any way you want and they can't win with one idol. Um, saying that, like, you're right. Like, if she chooses to just do the ballsy thing, not play her idol, um, Jay goes home, she can just protect herself on the next one. Saying that, mm. there's still more people to be voted out that are expendable. Like, there's still another person. So on the next one, they could just give her more of the votes if that's what they're feeling. Um, but she does have power to flip it back if she keeps the idol. Um, I don't know, there's a lot of pros and cons, like, and, and it's a little bit... Um, it's a little bit silly to try to judge it too hard because everything will sort of be dictated by what actually happens. And you can sort of use like revisionist history and be like, oh, this was bad because all of this happens. And it's like, well, you yeah. can't really tell like what's going to come out of that. I probably would have got rid of Jay. Um, it's just an easy vote. You can get rid of him. And if you've already got a pre-working relationship with Amy, you can kind of flip it and be like, well, I was just a little bit scared of your relationship because i thought we had a thing and you can maybe potentially bring it back um i guess we'll see yeah, Robert, we, robin's jay, thinking though. there <laughs> robin's thinking um jay got no confessionals at all in the game harry i know one of your closest allies on your first season sam um she also faced a similar fate I'm sure we've discussed this in the past, um, probably last season on Brains vs. Brawn, but the confessionals, there's some people that really aren't getting much content at all. Mel is someone who still hasn't had a confessional. Jay, obviously, there um, no confessionals throughout the whole game. And yet Sandra almost has as many as she had in Heroes vs. Villains in the whole season. Yeah, what are your stupid. thoughts? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on, on the mix? It's stupid? Yeah, it's stupid. Um, look... I get why they do it. It's a different beast. They're very into their major characters and minor characters mm. sort of thing in Australian editing. Um, it also makes it quite difficult to see a winner coming for a lot of people. Obviously, the hardcore can kind of guess it, but it makes it more difficult. Um, but it's still... It's just, I think, in a way, it's stupid because you're not really doing a service to the players that... Uh, playing for you, like they've put a lot on the line going out there, like they're risking their physical health, um, they're risking their mental health, like they've gone out and they've played hard, like they deserve at the very least to go home and like be able to watch a bit of themselves, see their highlights, that mm. sort of thing, like everyone deserves that. And so I think to take that away is not right. And like I felt that for Sammy, like I felt bad at the time, like it it's pretty shitty to like think that like we have this relationship and they literally didn't shop. And it's like the sort of thing you tell your friends about, it's like, I had this amazing friend met all these people. And then they're like, Oh, well, where is it? Like, I can't see that you have a friendship. Um, yeah. And so it's that times a million when you're the actual player, I'm assuming like, cause I've been very fortunate. So I don't, I can't really speak for them, but I'm assuming it's that times a million when you're watching and your family doesn't even get to see you. So I feel bad for Jay. I feel bad for, Mel and Michelle. Um, I've literally talked to Mel, and she's a lovely person. So I feel bad that um, that they kind of don't get to share that with the other people in their lives because that's like a big part of it as well. It's like in the game and after the game, they're both important 
things and and you don't know you don't know yeah until that show airs and you're like yeah. wow i got mm -hmm. nothing i'm just I've yeah. been on the cutting room floor that's it oh that sucks because you're doing all the confessionals there like everyone else yeah everyone is and so it's like yeah. it sucks because it's like you've spent hours getting like a sore ass like on sitting on the dirt doing confessionals yeah. for nothing basically and like on top of that it's like you have moments that are special to you that no one will ever get to see and it's mm. like and and me being selfish um that happened to me as well during those first couple of weeks when like sammy got cut and casey got cut and all this other stuff that like that stuff was important to me as well like i had a whole alliance that just never got shown like it never mm. made the thing yeah. and so it's like you you feel bad that like there's some people where it's like that for every single thing they do like it's like yeah. oh i had a great day on this day you don't get to see it so i think simply from that perspective i don't like it i think from a tv production perspective it's fine like it's a different thing to america but they're very into their major characters because you get bigger moments and that's what they're going for is more like epic like that's that's the word that is yeah, and fun. the ads and yeah that's all they yeah. want they just want they want it to be epic um, and yeah. in a lot of ways it is because you make these major characters where if they fall, it's a bigger deal because you've spent the entire season giving them a million minutes. Um, mm. But I think, I think it's unfair to people. I don't think anyone should be cut out. Even if, even if they are boring, let's say hypothetical, some of these players are boring, I still don't think they should be cut out. I think they would still have something in there that's a special Just give them something on their final episode at least. Yes, one. Yeah, at least yeah. at least one confessional. Chuck it on their show reel. I don't. I don't know. How, I don't know how it works for reality TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much money they would get off um, extras, but surely ten play like the amount that ten players got to now in terms of streams. Surely some of the extras could make them money. Yeah, if they put them up. Yeah. The, yeah, this is something interesting I saw. Um, so I was looking at the ratings. I believe the uh, actual overnight ratings were at about six hundred and forty thousand for the premiere, um, mm -hmm. and the the actual streaming ratings after the streaming ratings on Ten Player were counted in um, in Australia alone. Um, I think it reached over a million viewers. So that that'd be around four hundred fifty thousand yeah. yeah, people 400. watching on Ten Player alone. Um, yeah, Alo Lam is obviously she. Alo Lam is overseas. Um, saying you have fans not only in Australia but all around the world, and that, that's the same. There's oh, lots you. of people now, um, lots of people now watching Australian Survivor overseas, especially in the US mm. with Sandra involved. Um, I know that um, I've I've, spoke, I've seen that Cara and, and George have said there's a lot of fans watching Brains vs Brawn from in Africa as well. Um, all mm -hmm. sorts of different countries over there. Obviously, the South African audience, the New Zealand audience. Um, it, it is a big production. It's a big show, and it's um, it, it's going places at the moment. It's you know, really great to see Australian Survivor grow. Yeah, it's fantastic. And just the fact that it might survive, like, it's important yeah. to me because it's like, I really like Survivor. I watch um, South Africa and US as well. And it's just nice to have them all last and make more seasons because those seasons will be there forever. Like, once they're made, like, they're there forever. Everyone gets to enjoy them in their own time. Um, so it's just nice to see them all succeeding and doing different things as well, which I, I personally think is cool. I like the Australian format of being like epic. I like the South African, like very down the line um, sort of approach. And then the US is sort of like trying to be the new age thing. So you've got different, mm. different things for everything, which I think is fantastic. It's like a buffet and you can just pick whatever mm. you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to bring up here um five castaways down which means there's 19 castaways to go last week we we picked i think we picked three players who we think are the have the potential to win and three other players who are in a good position right now i might narrow it down to one winner pick and then two players two other players who you think are in a good position at the moment um i'll, I'll give you a bit of time to think about that harry but i'll start with you robin you said Mark oh, is still your winner pick. I need time. I need time. No, no, yeah. I can go straight away. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you go straight. No, no. I marks my winner pick. Marks my winner pick. Put lock him yeah. in. Yeah. Harry? For sure. To do to do something different, I'm gonna say Shayo. You, you stole my winner pick. last week I, I said Shayo mm -hmm. would, would be my winner pick as well. I think um, I, I think with Shay, <laughs> she's playing she, she's no, playing a very you can't um, choose her. You can't choose it. You can go for it. You can go for it. Um, she's playing a very social game, which is great to see. 
Uh, and we did see that scene with her leading the yoga last week. Um, I, I think she, she's in a good position. Um, what? Who else are you thinking at the moment, Harry, other than Shael? Um, any other players that are getting your eye at the moment? Uh, Mark's the obvious one, but also I'm going to say I'm not going to go with him just because Robin's already taken him. I'm going to pick two <laughs> others. His, Robin's got him in the, in the sweep. Uh, so I'm going to pick <laughs> Nina and Jordan. Okay. Why why Jordan? Um are we, are we talking edgic or whatever? Like I think if, if you're looking Up at the game you. straight up, if you're yep. looking at the game straight up, he is on the bottom but still liked by everyone, which mm-hmm. means that if he can get to a swap, which I'm assuming is next week, um, then he's gonna be probably fine. He's strong, he's likable, he's got his um loved one still there. Um so I think if he gets a fair goal at it, I think he'll be fine. And I think he's going to have a lot of people that would potentially vote for him at the end um, if he makes it there. Because, I mean, from here, assuming he makes it to the end, he will have, like, made enough moves probably unless he's ridden coattail the entire time. So I think he's, like, from here, it's still just beginning. You still have a fair shot to get to the end for a lot of these people. And I think mm. I don't think his edit's been horrible either. I think he's got a fine edit. I think he's got three confessionals or something, but you're right. Um, Sandra did come straight to him and Croc um, for that last vote, getting out, uh, get, getting out Jay. Um, Robin, who were your two, two Look, other players who you think could go I'm well? I'm going to go a complete backflip from last week. I reckon Dave is just the person who will just float near. Probably won't make to the end, but I feel like Dave has now become a, a pointless cast member and you just take a lot not pointless is a bit harsh but you just take a take him along he doesn't really he doesn't have the ties he becomes a number um he, if he gets split from sandra and he loses the heat from sandra I, I think he can just kind of drift on uh drift deep in the game um which was complete opposite for me last week i thought he had really shot himself in the foot I think I think people are just fine with him staying right now. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone will have him on their radar for a really long yeah. time now. Yeah, and so. as we enter this, as we enter the swap, which we, we did say will be next week, I think Dave is going to be a key number, especially when some of these pairs start to come together, um, which mm-hmm. no doubt we'll see. Poss- you know, two or three pairs on the same tribe possibly um, need a swing. It, it'll be in- interesting to get these singles together. Yeah. What about you, Riley? What's your other one? Lot, so lot, last week, last week I said um, I, I said Croc last week. Uh, I think Croc is yeah. playing a good game. He seems to have a, a knowledge of the game, um, and obviously do, doing my own challenges. We've seen there that Sandra came straight back to him. I, I do. I, you know what? I'll, I'll pick Sandra as my other person at the moment. Ooh. I think she's playing a great game. I'm not sure she can win the whole game. I yeah. see her going to the final ten, maybe even up to the final six. Who knows? Yeah, she, she's playing a very, I think a very safe game at the moment, but she is in good graces with everyone. And I, I feel like even after last episode, Amy isn't going to be too peeved by Sandra, I don't think. I think she's in a good enough position where she has good social relationships. She has good standing yeah. on her tribe um, that, that she can go deep in the game. Really, the only, the only person I see going against her at this point is David. But even then, in the last episode, she basically save david as well i i think what we're saying just pre-stream as well like i think um sandra i hope she makes merge that'd be beautiful but i think i have i really think nina will be the one who is part of her axing Mm. sandra i think that would be really important for nina to catapult herself to that final last last leg of the game the end game she voted out her mum. wouldn't it Mm -hmm. be great to see Uh, another sierra easter moment Ultimately, it is good for her. If they can get there together, she gets Sandra's vote at the end and she might get other people's vote for making, like, the big move of voting out her mum. I reckon it's possible for her to win, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Would, Gotta keep would, it in would the an Australian jury vote for an American to win, though? I would. Yeah, depending on the people. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of actual survivor fans this time i think they did a bit of a turnaround since last season because there was a little bit too much uh of a like non-fan thing going on mm-hmm. and i think they've sort of like flipped it back the other way i i like the amount of non-fans they have because you want you want to like sprinkle them in because it causes 
more randomness, it causes more chaos, but you don't want enough of them that they just play a very static style. Like you just lose that fluidity. If you go too much either way, too game body, too survivor, super fan one way, or if you go too far the non-fan, then you just end up with super static uh, production. And I think that they've done it very, very well this time. Yeah, I, I want to see how tuned in you are, Harry, because last week we had Brutium on the podcast and I asked him to guess who was coming on next week. And he guessed you straight away without question. Really? Um, I, I want to see, I, I'm going to give you one hint and I'm going to see how well you can guess who the next next week's guest is going to be, all right? Is it like a good clue that you're going to give or is it going to be something? I thought you were about to say, I'll, is I'll it give, a good I'll, guess? I'll give, it, I'll, I'll give a pretty generous clue. I will give you a pretty generous clue. I will no, say. No, go hard first. Go hard first. I, I, I will say. I will say they are a brawny super fan. Brawny super fan. Could give I'm you. I'm going to say Simon. Simon from. Two from two for guests so far. We're we're doing well, and let's let's hope Simon guesses week four, um, guesses week four correctly as well. Simon me will be on the podcast next week discussing episodes <laughs> seven to nine with us. Harry, I, we were discussing ice cream and, and gelato before, unfortunately. Um, but I, your ice creamery is... Oh, sorbet. There is um, so much gelato and sorbet hate in this let's, chat room let, right let, now. Let's, let's, give, let's give Cold Creamery a, a shout out. Where can we find um, Cold Creamery? Yeah, if you're in Perth, go to Cold Creamery. It's uh, Fremantle on Essex Street or Mount Lawley on Beaufort Street. Um, or if you want to talk to me... Uh, Tag me. I think that's what it is on Twitter. I don't know what the correct word for that actually. Tweet at me. Tweet at me on Twitter. Um, you can probably find me by typing in Harry the Ice Cream Guy. Perfect, perfect. And what what's on what's on offer in the shop at the moment? Oof. I don't know actually. <laughs> There's a lot of flavors. It turns over fast in summer. It turns over fast. You just have to rock up and find out because the stores are different. We always have random stuff going in. Yeah. Lots of get get some oat milk ice cream. You reckon? Mm-hmm. Definitely grab the oat milk one. It's a waste. Awesome. Chai Perfect. latte. Or chai latte, if they have it. They definitely have it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No sorbet allowed. Oh, this is If you want sorbet, go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Riley. All right. Thanks a lot, Robin. Nice we'll we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you next week to discuss even more Australian Survivor, Blood vs. Water. It's already hard to believe we're two weeks in and we've got a swap coming up very soon. It's going to be another entertaining week, I'm sure. Adios, mates, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.